0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Texas Real Talk. Jason Franklin here with James Toller and Nathan. How you doing, Nathan? Great, how are you? I'm doing fantastic, James. Couldn't be better. All right, you ready to be back from the Christmas holiday? Killing it now, right? Yes. Back in stride. Uh, You know, we've got a really specific topic we want to talk today about, and I wanted to, uh, we were talking before we got started here, uh, I heard a quote this week that I thought was really interesting, and it said that, um, you know, people talk, we use the word Fair. Right? Is that fair? Like kids, that's not fair, you know. And then as adults, well, that's not fair. You're or the quote that we all hear so much. It must be nice, right? (laughs) Must be nice to have that money. Must be nice to have that house. Well, I heard this quote this week that I thought was really interesting. He said, "Fair means that one side got what they wanted in such a way that the other side can't complain about it. Which means that they negotiated what they wanted in such a position, and it was close enough to a win-win." that the other side can't complain. And what struck me about this wasn't my my feelings on the word fair, which are very specific. Um, it was really more about the fact of I don't want, by this definition, I don't want to do fair business. I don't want to get what I want. And it was marginally good enough that they can't bitch about it, but it still wasn't a win for them, right? Mm-hmm. And I know that that's something I know you guys both are feel very strongly about because I want... I don't want it to be fair. I want everybody to walk out with their hands up, thumbs up, high fives, and happy with each other. And while I was sharing this quote with Shelly, she reminded me. So we had a deal with our kids growing up. We had several deals. Um, you know, some are popular, some are not. Like, for instance, when the day our kids graduated high school, they knew that they had 365 days times four to get a college degree. We would pay for it, whatever they did in four years, and then they had six months to move out. And if at any point in that time you stopped going to college, you had to move out. Right. So that's, that's an unpopular opinion. But one of the deals we made with our kids very young, because they all grew up in an entrepreneurial family. Because I, our last one was born in 2000, and we started our first business in 2002. So they grew up watching us grind. So the deal with the kids was, when you turn 16, we will match every dollar that you have saved for your car.
1: Yeah.
0: And oh unfortunately God. for me, my kids saved a crap ton of money mean, I was I was like, you save $2,000, you're getting a beater. Well, they all saved like between five dollars and $6,000. So they all got decent first cars. So for my oldest daughter's 16th birthday, we threw a big party. And I'm big into arcade games. I keep, I've always had arcade cabinets at my house and pinball machines. And so we did like an 80s party. And I uh, had this conversation with my daughter. And she goes, when she was like 15, I was like, what kind of car do you want? She goes, I want a Shelby Mustang. I was like, whoa, uh, dial back a minute. Why do you want a Shelby Mustang? She goes, Well, they're really pretty and they're red with the white stripes. And I was like, Oh, you want a red Mustang with white racing stripes? Mm-hmm. Like there's a big difference between that yeah. and a Shelby. It's like, okay, now we can talk. Well, I couldn't find one. So I've got a dealer that I use here. I bought like sixteen cars from him. And so I just called him. I was like, Hey, I need a Mustang. So ended up finding a white Mustang, It went and took it, had red racing stripes and put on it. Put it in the you garage. It. Well, no, I I owned a vinyl company back then as well. Wow. So had the vinyl stripes and everything put on it and uh, did the whole 80s thing, arcade machines out and lights and the whole thing going anyways. And so Motley Crue's on Dr. Feelgood. Garage door rolls up, beautiful white Mustang sitting there. The red fuzzy dice on the mirror, the whole thing. And uh, Darian at this point was a sophomore in Clearbrook. And uh, through the grapevine, it came back. One of Shelly's friends, one of the moms, came to her and was like, my daughter came home from y'all's party. She was really mad. And Shelly's like, what happened? She's like, well, you guys got your daughter that car for her 16th birthday. And she came home yelling at us that that's not fair. You know, she's a senior and she doesn't have a car and that's not fair. And Darian got this car for her 16th birthday. At which point my wife proceeds to tell her, you know, Darian paid for half that car. She would have gotten a beater or whatever else. And it just, you know, when I hear like that definition of fair and you hear the word, you know, and everybody knows me that knows that I hate the word deserve, right? Mm. You know, what I deserve, that's not fair. You know, I deserve better food. I deserve a better house. I deserve a better life, you know, and we won't go down that rabbit hole right now. But um, you know, when y'all were talking, it I thought this was a really good segue because as we leave twenty one and go into twenty two, I know you guys have been working or a few months back worked on your five year plan and you have a ton of stuff going on in that and some some success stories with it. So let's just kinda of move into that and where did you guys get the five-year plan because like I'm pulling teeth with my team. And i if you're t- listening FRG, pay attention, you know, about just planning the next year. Right. You know, and not going in blind and it's got to be intentional and you know, whether it's speaking it into existence or if it's self-actualizing or whatever it is, you know, what are y'all's thoughts on that? Where do those ideas come from? And did you have a specific mentor that brought you that or go for it?
1: Yeah. So Tom Barry has, uh, it's one of the best classes I've ever, probably the best class. That was early on for you, right? Yeah, yeah. He. I guess.
0: I'd say early on as a whole, like, what, four years ago? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: it was the best class I've ever been to. Nathan's been to it six times or so.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, so Tom Barry is like my second dad. We started real estate together. Mm-hmm. We worked uh, pretty much every other day for the first two years together, just, you know friendly competition and helping each other. And uh, he came out with that class about two or three years in to his real estate career. And uh, yeah, still the best class I've ever taken in my life. And I've taken a lot of classes in real estate. So that kind of leads us into, we taught that to a few people. And one of the guys that we taught uh, said it really impacted his business. He called it his, his business bible. And uh, it, it, it really impacted his business and his personal life. And ever since he did that, I'll let you take it from there. Yeah, well, we, <clears throat> what we
1: were doing there is really going around and teaching this class as many times as possible. You know, think about it. I, I just felt like the more times you think about those things, the better off you are.
0: Well, yeah, you, on the one hand, you're you're sharing information, You're you're feeding into other people, but you're also... Feeding it back into yourself, oh, you know, like mm-hmm. you, the, you know, the best way to learn something is to teach it.
1: Absolutely. I just figured the more times we did that, the better off we'd be. And uh, one particular guy, we we uh, did did the course, and basically took most of the ideas from from Tom. We added, sure. you know, uh, some of our own, but uh, never done a deal in real estate. He's a con- contractor, never done a deal in his whole, but wanted to, but he's never done it. Uh, he got a flip probably a month and a half later. Okay. Got into a flip house. Then he got a house through his marketing campaign that he set up. hmm Set up a marketing campaign. Got it through that in Galveston. Uh got it for $170,000. 170.
2: Sold it for two ninety three. Wholesale. Yeah. Wow. Wholesale. I paid it. Because it's <laughs> worth it's worth Let's just call it 520 fixed, and you know, and we're gonna put 60 in it, so it's a 75% deal. He just got a, a, an incredible deal,
1: unbelievable deal, unbelievable. But put it in motion, sure. Put the whole thing, and that's what gets into intentionality and knowing where you're wanting to go, and just building momentum. There's something to be said about that, you know, having your mind in a place, and it, and then things just start finding a way to you. You can't explain it. Mm -hmm. You couldn't say that deal. You couldn't predict that deal. Mm. That's a that's no. No, you couldn't. You just but you're getting it in motion, and I. It's something that we've. You know, you think about that too. We started that process. Well, I loaned on the deal, for him to get it.
0: Well, y'all got a win-win-win, right? So he he got the knowledge. He turned around, and you know, you get to loan money. You get the deal. He's got money. Everybody's happy. So, that, I mean, in contrast to that thing I was talking about at the beginning, where, yeah. you know, the fair thing, right? Wow. You know, but that wasn't fair for any of you. It was awesome for everybody. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I love that,
1: that. And that was something that came out of thin air, you know? It was, you know, it's, it's, uh. Something.
0: But does it, though? So, see that right there. Even that statement, though, is self deprecating because it's not out of thin air. Well, I mean, it's years of practice right. from you guys. From
1: the beginning, you say something happened that maybe shouldn't have happened. Sure. Based on momentum based on intentionality, based sure. on where you want to be at in five years. This is yes. the first steps. So yeah. it was, in that regard, it was kind but of- But he
0: took y'all's, he took the knowledge and he used it though. Right. I mean, so yeah. you have your meetings and I mean, this is nothing against anybody. You know, you take 70 people that want to do real estate or want to wholesale, want to invest, and you put them all in a room, eight are going to do something. Absolutely. Right? Or, yeah. or, yeah. or not that they'll, eight will try, 20 will try. Mm -hmm. you know, but just what's going to happen with, uh, you know, just told y'all just before we started here as a thank you to our team. Uh, we're taking, we offered, not everybody can go for different reasons, but we're, we offered to take the entire team on a cruise and one of my brand new agents came back and he, I mean, he came in he just slid under the wire. He's been here like four weeks (laughs) and, uh, and I you know, I give him all advice and this is what you need to do. And he sat down and he's like, What do I gotta do? And so we offered to take him on this cruise and he came back and he's like, Jason, I can't go. And I was like, All right, cool, you know, that's fine, but if you don't mind me asking him, what's up? And he's like, You told me if I want to kill residential real estate that I don't get a weekend off for the next year, I need to open a house every Saturday and Sunday. And he said, So I can't go. Hmm. And I was like, for
2: you. you know, I mean, yeah. hell
0: yeah. You know, I mean, what am I gonna say? Hmm. Well, okay, but you can have this one. And I was like, dude. Kill it! I love it. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. You know, and so, but it's so gratifying to be able to share that information, to impart that information on somebody, and and see them actualize on it.
2: Yeah, Sanjay's, You know, we taught a lot of the, a lot of people, and you know, you can tell the right people the right information and say it the right way, and some people will run with it, and some people won't do anything with it, you know, so, but it is, it is very satisfying to see somebody that you've told, the right person that you've told uh, and taught and and see them succeed. That is very satisfying.
1: I had a thought someone told me the other day, not quite this way, but I kind of moved the words around. I just thought it's kind of interesting thought. It said, I exist to serve to liberate greatness within everyone I come in contact with.
0: Yeah. you got to help them find their inner beast. Mm -hmm. Maybe beast isn't as nice a word as what you use, (laughs) but yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, the thing is, and and I've said this on the podcast before, I've said it in a million places, everyone, you're 80% mentally developed at the age of 10. Right? And you pretty much, especially men, pretty much stop maturing at the age of 12. Right. I mean, you know, you get bigger, you get hairier, you get more money and, you know, but mentally, if you had security problems, insecurity problems at 12, you're probably still an insecure at 42, you know? But the thing is, is that if you can, the sooner you can get to individuals in this business or in any business for that matter, you can get them in front of the right people, you know, hanging out with the right people, hearing the right things, you know, you can, you can alter that remaining 20% of that mental shift. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard to do later on, you know, and it's, it's challenging when you are constantly investing in people and you're not seeing them because, and the challenge is for me, isn't that I'm wasting my time. It's that I see them wasting their time, mm-hmm. you know, so I have, um, hold on, sorry. That's one of my, uh, flips calling. I'm working a really good deal right now that I'm trying to lock down. Um, I digress. Sorry. Will you text him, Jack, and tell him that I will call him back as soon as we're done with our podcast? Uh, But anyway, what the hell was I talking about? Oh, so I had two new mentees sign up with me in the last week. And uh, actually three. And uh, one of them reaches out and he's like, hey, I just want to know about, you know, wholesaling, which is what they all. I heard about this wholesaling thing. (laughs) So I call him and talk to him. He's like, I'm 19 years old. He said, and, uh, you know, I'm really kind of interested in doing this, but I don't know what to do, where to start, X, Y, Z. So obviously the first thing I told him was, where are you? Get on Facebook. Join as many pages as you can. Find an investor group in your area. You know, if you got an hour, drive down to see James, you know, X, Y, Z. Get around the right people so you can ask the right questions. And he's like, cool. So then I, I'm talking to this next kid, and uh, I say kid. which shows how old I am. He's 29. But, uh, anyways, no, this guy was 24 and he goes, uh, I want to get into wholesaling and, uh, but I wrote, don't really know a ton about it. And the first question I asked him. I was like, how did you hear about it? So what, you know, what was your influence that made you want to get into wholesaling? He goes, he goes, you're going to laugh at me. I was like, trust me, I will not laugh. Mm-hmm. He's like, I saw a TikTok video. I was like, cool. He goes, you know, so then I saw it and it really interested me. So I started diving in on it. And uh, you know, did a lot of research and you know everything else. He goes, you know, and I finally, he goes, and I was really keyed on this. Where he goes, I finally locked down a deal. He goes, but you know, I didn't make a ton of money on it. He goes, you know, and he named, and I won't name the company. He goes, he named another big company that buys and then resells other properties and that stuff in the area. It's somebody we all know. And uh, he goes, but I only made like two grand. I was like. It was a pass-through transaction, man. That's two grand.
2: That's what I made on my first
0: deal. I said, so let me ask you, I said, how long did it take you to get that deal from the time you saw that TikTok video, till you did your research, you got out, you started doing stuff, how long did it take you to get your first deal? He's like, man, it took like, like six weeks. I was like, bro, <laughs> I was like, first of all, you need to understand that 90% of the people that ever try wholesaling will make $0 because they don't have the follow through, they don't have the the dedication, they don't have the mentor, they don't have the chutzpah, whatever you want to call it. They're afraid to call people, they're afraid to knock on doors. You know, so those are the people when he goes, man, it took like six weeks, I'm like, okay, we need to talk because you've, you've got the tools in place. You know, if you're not satisfied with yourself because it took six weeks, we can talk. If you're at six months and you're still going, it's okay, I'll get there, you probably, need to find a part-time job while you're trying to figure this out, you know, but there's so much of that in this business. I mean, so, uh, James, you were in, how long were you in wholesaling and flipping before you did your first loan? Four years. Four years. Mm-hmm. Okay. And was that scary for you to do your first loan? No. No? Cause you were ready?
1: Yeah, I knew the process backwards when i had borrowed so much money. Borrowed <laughs> and it was to me, right? Yeah, I mean I borrowed you know, ten, fifteen million dollars. I
0: mean mm-hmm.
1: so, I was just, it was just the other side. Sure. But I knew... So you know, think a lot of those. So was
0: it fear for you? It was like a breakthrough moment.
1: Yeah, well it was just I had too much money.
0: Oh <laughs> Does that exist? I don't
1: know, man. Well, I, too much sitting money? around not earning it wasn't, wasn't, working. <laughs> That's, yeah, it wasn't working. And you wanna have money always working. And I couldn't sure. I couldn't use enough of it as these things keep doubling and doubling, right? If you're doing 10, 15 at a time,
0: mm-hmm. all that
1: money rolls in. It's doubling. That well, not only
0: that, but how hard it's hard to go out and find fifteen more deals to go put your money back. Rocked
1: right in, yeah, right. So all that money rolls in. It's it's a doubling of every couple months if you're doing it right, and you're going extreme with it, sure. like I was doing. So it just started snowballing bigger and bigger and bigger, and then uh, you know, and I had a lot of buddies. That, you know, could, so that was kind of how that happened. Sure. Yeah. No, I wasn't fearful at all. It was more just, uh, it was a good fit, too, because it's what I like doing, is more teaching and mentoring. Kind of sure. like you, right? I mean, you have a passion for that. I do. And uh lending is the same process, in my opinion.
0: So, I was at a lunch yesterday. Jack and I went and met with a, a new guy that we're actually meeting with him right after this again. Going to try to get him to join the team. This guy is on lock for doing residential real estate. He's a 29-year-old black guy, fluent in Thai, lived in Thailand for six years, which with the Asian Thai population in Houston, I mean, that's a, you're in, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Worked in charitable organizations, great talker, and is a professional uh, SEO person. Oh, wow. Mm. I mean, I'm just like, you're like a unicorn, dude, Yeah, <laughs> you know, and uh, had a great conversation with, well, he said something that I, for me, I take it as a compliment, but my wife probably does not. And we were just talking back and forth about different things we're doing and things we tried and how I got started in real estate. And he goes, okay, so you're not risk adverse. And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm like, I love risk, yep. right? Probably more than I should. But it, I think a lot of people look at like what you're doing, Nathan, and you know, okay, I'm gonna go rehab nine houses and they go, okay, you're risk adverse. And you go, but is it risk? Yeah, I don't look
2: at it as that. In real estate at least, I mean, I've been doing it so long as, for me, it's the safest thing to put your money in that I know of, you know, Um, but I'm doing it the right way. You know, Mm -hmm. if you do it the wrong way, yeah, it's risky. Sure. But if you're buying at 70 to 75% minus repairs, then it's oops, I messed up, I only made 20 grand.
0: Yeah. It'd be yeah. risky
1: buying it 88% <clears throat> with anticipating appreciation. Yeah. Well, you're
0: going to make it on the highest comp that neighborhood's ever had. And I'm sure mine's going to look prettier. And so I can yeah. get $5 over comp. And I mean, yeah. you know, when it sells for that, great. But you don't run your numbers on that. Yeah. You know, so basically, you're saying the risk can come from overestimating and a lack of street smarts, I mean, or, or product knowledge.
1: But I would say too, though, think about in a neighborhood like you have done,
0: Mm -hmm. you
1: set records, but those are primed to be set. It's a very desirable neighborhood. Mm, There's not a ton of very, there's a market for high quality products in a quality area. Yeah. So I don't know that that's quite as risky. Sure. So there's a, there's a, I think there's a market for that. Oh, there Um, is. Yeah.
2: I think there's another level of risk too, just, you know, getting down, the contracting side, you know, that that can be another big risk. You know, if if you're new, that's and you hard. Know, and yeah, it's they can, they can, they can screw you. Oh, you yeah, know, yeah. So,
0: well, just finding decent contractors is incredibly yeah. challenging.
1: Yeah. So, got to get that what down. What you too. need is somebody that recognizes the group, and it's more of a uh, community that you're dealing with, not an individual. I always felt like mm. that was. That's how you get a heads up on these contractors. Sure. You're not screwing Jason Franklin. You're screwing one, all of the Franklin team, and you're screwing all the James people, (laughs) and you're screwing all the Nathan. You know, that's... And you have leverage over You have leverage over them. Yeah,
2: sure. That's powerful.
0: Well, some of the parts is greater than the whole, I mean, you know, that uh, village mentality, Right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, y'all were sharing another story here recently about uh, kind of departing the pattern of what you normally do in your business and maybe trying to find a little bit better deal and how sometimes that doesn't always work out in your advantage. Did y'all want to speak on that for a second?
2: Not sure. Yeah. I uh, So, I use a lot of different private money. I borrow from James. We're good friends. and uh, But, you know, I've been doing this for 14 years, so I have a lot of different private money. And I actually had a guy, friend from middle school that I've known since then and we kind of reconnected and um he's a principal he had some extra money and uh he's he just said hey you you know what you're doing yep and so he's like okay well I have extra money uh can you give me a good return on my money and I said great yeah what what uh what rate would be good for you for loaning the money out he said well if I can get at least eight percent that'd be great For those of you all that aren't doing this, eight percent is phenomenal.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Yeah, It is for private money, you know, with short-term flips. So, uh, so I said I even give pay you a point on top of that at closing. And so we're going through, you know, and uh, towards the end of the loan, and he says, you know, I I need the money back for a certain thing. And uh, I was like, well, that's not really how this works. You kind of wait till I'm done with it, and (laughs) I return it to you. And but I said, but if you really need your money back. Okay, so so now I have to refinance with another private lender. It's going to end up costing me more than if I would have just went with James or somebody and like that. Then you're going to
1: lend. You're going to ultimately hold it as a rental. So you'll refinance yeah. out so again. So then I need to refinance. Oh so they actually yeah,
2: yeah. So three I'll pay all whole those costs. sets there. Yeah. So you know, but, but you bought it at seventy five percent. The I, was, I bought it at a great deal to do. It's going to cash flow like crazy. Um, I think we're all in at like one thirty, and we're gonna rent each side for like nine fifty. So it's it's a stupid good deal. Yeah, um, it's worth like one seventy five, one eighty. So uh, still a great deal. And and those are those oops things. If you're buying right, you'll make up for them with. I would buy say buy to, right. You
1: know, you think <clears throat> the bandwidth of someone like that yeah. typically is very limited. Sure. You, know, you don't have you know people don't want to have mm-hmm. a million dollars in cash sitting around, right. Right? right? So you're not gonna have a ton. of I always think too is even in business at all you want to find as many ways to add value as possible. I mean that principles never going to bring you a deal. Right. He doesn't even know anything about them. Yeah, they're just money. They're they're money. So there's something to be said. I mean, I, how many deals? Have, yeah, we've I brought done a you lot of deals. quite a few deals now because we work together. Mm-hmm. And you'll never, you know, you might pay a little bit more. Yeah. And then we're but no one's going to give you that cheap of money, but you're never going to get anything else from that either. Right. So it's, it's one regard and it's, it's obviously flimsy. You know, it's, it, it, it's very
2: we were James you know, and I were obviously talk a lot. And so we were talking about this the other day about how, what James has, nobody, as far as lending, nobody really even comes close to what he has for a lending product because it's not just lending. He's coaching. He wants to meet you. You go to any of these huge hard money companies you're not gonna meet the owner.
0: <laughs> no. You're gonna
2: talk to the pro- loan processing guy. They're not gonna give you any advice. They're they're either gonna say yes or no, and that's it. But James has a, a very unique uh, loan company that really, you know, can take over very quickly uh, if he wants. So
0: that's good. Well, I, I saw one uh, on social media yesterday. Somebody just snagged something. They said you closed it in two days?
1: Yeah. Yeah. We did. We're doing two. two to, we did three yesterday. We're nice. doing two to three a day.
0: Nice. I mean, every
1: day. It's, it's getting crazy. I mean, it really is.
0: Hire more people. You'll be okay. Yeah.
1: I, well, my wife <laughs> has just left full time. She's. Yesterday was. So her, she left her
0: 40 hour week job so she can work 70? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Maggie. <laughs>
1: but, um, you know something, I do think. I think it's important in business. I, I like to call other lenders to hear what they have to offer. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, just you call a realtor, be like. Hey, every time why a broker,
0: every time a broker calls me and asks, is trying to recruit me, I always go to lunch. One, I like free food. Two, <laughs> I always want to know what they're what they're peddling. You know what is your program? How are you offering? How are you recruiting? What are you? What are your splits? What are your cabs? I like to be secret agents. <laughs> well, right. you know the thing is, is one, it never hurts. I mean, I went to one one time and then started trying to recruit them back over to where we were. I was like, that's a great program. Let me tell you what I got. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. So something that one of them said was, uh, and I thought it was a good pitch. They said everything we do is in house, mm-hmm. which I thought that was really interesting. And I started thinking, well, heck, I've got an inspector. I have mm-hmm. a processor. I have an underwriting.
0: Mm-hmm. And I have
1: mentorship. So I actually have. He's like,
2: sure, I'm going to use that line. I'm going to use that <laughs> line. That was a great. You know, the Sounds reason great. we can
1: close so fast, and it's true, is because everything we do is in-house. Sure. And, uh, and it's just kind of a revelation to me, I think. But, but I'm sure there, you've got a lot of advantages yourself in terms of your. your-
0: I am monogamous in my business relationships, and, which is a blessing and a curse. You know, and it doesn't, I don't get the curse side of it very often, if ever, but, you know, when it comes to my title company, when it comes to my hard money lender, when it comes to my re- you know, retail lender, when it comes to contractors, contractors not as much because that's hard. But, you know, when I call somebody, I want them to pick up the phone at 730 at night and walk out of the movie with their wife because they're like, Jason's on the phone, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, and it's been, not a power a thing. It's a feeding enough into them that they, that they want to reciprocate they want to reciprocate that relationship. You know, and if you think about it, that's not just in business, that's with your wife, it's with your business partners, it's with family. I mean, you know, sure. everyone should feel that way. You know, I tell my clients, if you ever call me and I don't hit you back in 15 minutes, notify the authorities. I'm in a ditch, something's gone wrong, I'm hurt. <laughs> oh, I need enough. help. You know, I mean, in, in most cases that's that's very, very accurate. <laughs> I remember I had a job when I was young, and this is something that was laid into me with a whole, you know, early's on time and on time is late. I had a job working at Office Depot at NASA Road 1 and 45 when Shelly and I were newly married making like, I don't know, six bucks an hour. <coughs> and we were having a kid. I was like, I look at th- somebody now going, dude, what were you thinking? But anyways, and they called me. I was supposed to be there at like seven. And they called me at 645. And they're like, Jason, no, 630. They're like, Jason, are you, are you coming to work? I was like, yeah, I'm supposed to be there at 7. What's up? And they're like, well, it's 6.30. I was like, I'm not supposed to be there until 7. They're like, you're never this late. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't supposed to be there for 30 minutes, but they thought I wasn't coming. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that was just something that was metaphorically and physically beat into me as a child.
1: <laughs> yeah. I hear you. Well, that's interesting. You talk about monogamous relationships in business. So what are you looking for in a partner in that way? You know, what do you... What you know, them- I had a
0: I had a title rep that came to me one time, and it's a title rep that we've all done a ton of business with. A marketing manager, love her to death, absolutely love her to death. And she was realized she's like, I'm not getting all of your offices business. What do we have to do? And so I just sat her down and I had a really honest conversation. I was like, Listen, there is nothing sexy about title work. Zero. I said, You know, it all looks the same. You all go through. One of three <laughs> underwriting platforms. You all get your stuff from Stewart, Chicago or whatever. I was like, the reality is the only thing that changes anything y'all do is customer service. You know, are you going to pay the prepaid FedEx labels? Are you going to send a runner at seven o'clock at night to go get a check because I got to get this deal done? Are you going to open your office on a Saturday morning at nine? Because my guy works, you know, 12, you know, five and he can't get there for closing. You know, so that's, those are the relationships I want. You know.
1: You know. It's funny. Mm-hmm. I was looking at. I had a Susan and, and more, a couple of partners mm-hmm. or pe- people that work with me. Uh, put the hours on King James Lending website from nine to five. Uh huh. And I took a picture of it and I said, I want this saying twenty four hours a day.
0: Absolutely. Kind of goes right
1: into what you you know. I saw. I said, if you call me at two a.m. You know, and you need me. Or if it's a deal. Sure. It took me two years to get that deal. I said, this is exactly what I said. I said, if somebody would have called me on Christmas Day at 2 a.m., I'd have answered it. I that might them. be extreme. <laughs> that might be, but you say. I walked out a- of
0: the movie on my anniversary because it was a deal on the phone. And my wife was a lot less upset than most wives would be. I'm not going to say she wasn't irritated, sure. but she wasn't pissed. You know, I mean, it's just, it is what it is. I mean, my, my tagline when I'm talking to people is, my phone's on 7 eight 7P, seven days. You know, I mean, now, will I answer the phone at 9? Absolutely. You know, but do I work 9 to 5? Absolutely not. You know, I mean, if you want a 40 hour week job? Cool. Go get one that gives you a paycheck. You know, I mean, there's memes all over social media all the time. It goes, I quit my 40 hour week job so I could work for myself and work, you know, 80 hours a week. Man. Yeah. You know, but... But in, this is a conversation I had with somebody yesterday as well. Have you? So you you've done this like for forever. I mean, yeah. Have you had a forty hour a week management or desk job or did you go through that cycle? Yeah, I was okay. a horrible employee. <laughs> Most entrepreneurs <laughs> yeah. are.
2: I, uh, yeah, no, I think I just wasn't happy there, and so I'd, I'd either quit or get fired, you know, and I just.
0: Well, but I think the mentality what I what I was going to get at is those that forty hour week job is so much harder than the sixty or seventy that we do.
2: Yeah, I remember I was already in wholesaling. I had just started, and you know there was some times in the beginning that it was rough. So I went and got a job, and then I was like, "Man, I made five grand on this, and they're paying me this." And I'm like, "If I worked as hard (laughs) as they want me to for them, for myself." It just helped me with my mindset to get back in there and get at it.
0: So, I had a job. I uh, was a uh, district manager for a really large, it was the second largest uh, retail facility uh, for boating supplies. It was an old company called Boat US before West Marine bought them out and shut them down, which is also one of the reasons why I got out of retail. But, anyways, uh, the opposite of that. So, we look at this and I talk with our agents all the time. I'm like, listen, they're like, oh, these hours and da 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 I'm like, how many hours did you put on that deal? Like, man I've been working on that for two months so that's not what I asked you. I said, how many hours did you physically spend on that deal? Well, I had to do okay, so ten hours then that's like stretching it and that's like I'm giving you credit for like driving to the property and driving back mm-hmm. you know staying there for two hours, going to the closing everything I'm like and what'd you make after splits, I made five grand. Dude, that's five hundred dollars an hour. yeah, what are you talking about? Get out of my face <laughs> you know but the funny thing is the opposite of that is I was working in retail management. And uh, i just gotten this big promotion, which is, this is, I don't know, uh, 2000, no, 99, 2000, somewhere right there. And uh, anyways, and I got this big promotion. I think I was making like $40,000 a year, which at the time was woohoo for me. And uh, I forget what was going on. But anyways, they came back and I started dividing out. I was like, well, I work from this time to this time. And my manager at the time, the district, the, the regional manager came in and he's like, He's like, what are you doing? I was like, well, I'll just for S's and G's, I'm just like dividing this out. He's like, don't ever do that. Like, what are you talking about? He's like, don't ever divide the actual hours you work by your salary. He's like, you're going to realize that you're not making crap. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but the funny thing is in this business, it's it's really the antithesis of that. You know, because you can have these dry spells and you can go through that stuff. But if you're smart with your money and you've got money in the bank, you can, you can weather those storms. And, you know, to a one when i have gone through these dry spells right about the time that my sphincter gets really really clenched something explodes not not the sphincter was a bad choice of words <laughs> <laughs> business takes yeah, off yeah, and yeah. then you end up in like you go from nothing to like you yeah, i got i got a closing i got this other deal this guy wants to do this cash deal i have to think before i say these things <laughs> But uh, it just, for whatever reason, it's just the way that it goes with me. And the the further I get into it, the shorter those dry spells are because you learn how to not allow that, what they call the real estate cycle, Mm -hmm. you know, which really just means you're fat and happy and stopped working.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, It's just at the end of the day, it's the mindset, you know, if you really break down the numbers, even though he didn't want you to, at the end of the day, you're like, oh, I'm not making shit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, but if you, in our business, when you break it down, you're like, oh, I'm Doing wow! Good. Uh, yeah. pretty, I need to do more of this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So really looking at it, keeping your mind right, and uh, you know, going after what your your goals.
0: So I know you guys do your five year plan, and you don't have to share this if you don't want to. But what what is one big goal for you guys each for next year? One something is- that something you haven't done before that you're like I'm gonna I'm gonna finally nail yeah. that next year.
2: Um. Yeah. Uh. So I've always paid my mom. But uh, pay my mom 40000 a year for being my mom. Big one for me.
0: Cool. Yeah. And, and So this is for like services previously rendered.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: She raised a good guy. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. That's neat. Yeah. What about you, Mr. Toller?
1: In terms of what? Business or? Uh, whatever. Part of my goal the last couple of years. It's was, all equally important. Was to retire my wife. That's been a goal I've been working my butt off for. Sure, and that's to get her comfortable with the idea. She's she's a career woman. She's been sure. working since she was sixteen on her own. And uh, the I thought of independence as something that's always driven her, not relying on a man, sure. or relying on anybody else. I
0: enjoy having you, but I don't need you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, yeah.
1: Uh, you know, her mom was, you know, divorced a number of times, sure. so she didn't want. And and one of the common themes was, hey she needed somebody else to support her like sure, driven into her from a young age was i need to you're talking about educated she has a master's degree from texas cpa so that she never has to do that smarter than <laughs> yeah, smart, me because that's too.
0: not a it's not a very high bar
1: <laughs> yeah way smarter than me ain't no doubt but anyway it's it's taken a while, quite a while to get her to Feel comfortable enough.
0: Well, to, not only that, but when you've got somebody that, that's, that is that driven, you're going to have to have a pretty big nest egg for her to feel okay with, yes. with letting go. That's true. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, she, yeah. yes. Well, okay, well, me, now, in some- all
0: fairness, though, did you retire her or did you put her to work at something else? <laughs> <I
1: don't think laughs> the, other day, the other day I had given her, like, a list of five things that I was thinking, you know, we need to do. She was uh-huh. like, I don't take lists. I give them. Oh, look what you, oh, what have you done? (laughs) That was our little uh, introduction. I
0: told Shelly that it's totally off topic, but um, Shelly's never really drank. Right. And I partake in adult beverages. And uh, we were somewhere one time, like we were at Dan Marino's in uh, Tampa Bay years ago, and she's like, I'll have the blue one. You know, and that's how she drinks. That one looks pretty. Mm And then we were somewhere, and she got a mixed drink. And uh, they asked, you know, what do you want? What do you want? She's like, rum and coke or something. I forget what it was. Or, what do you want? And she's like, what do you mean? What do I want? Like, you want top shelf? You want Captain Morgan's? Whatever. She's like, uh, top shelf. And so she drank it. And she's like, that's the first mixed drink I've ever had that tasted good. You know, and I was like, great. You need top shelf liquor. You know, and so we gave this bottle of wine to a friend of mine for Christmas. he's like, man, that was a really good bottle of wine. You know, where did you find that? I was like, I went in Total Wine. It was like, I need a good bottle of wine. Like, that's the extent of my knowledge of wine, right? And uh, she's like, well, maybe that's why I don't like wine. Maybe we just need to buy nice wine. I was like, babe, you should have come with like a a label as like a disclaimer. I said, because, you know, like only appreciates expensive things. (laughs) You know, or requires <laughs> top shelf, date. you know, that's <laughs> like, you know, but the thing is, is that she also lived with me when I was making $6 an hour at Office Depot and she's having a kid wondering how a cashier is going to pay the mm-hmm. bills, you know, but so my big thing on a business level next year is to, we're not going to double, but I, cause I don't really growth Focus on the team, but we ended this year. We wanted 15 agents. We've got 14. I want 25 agents by the end of next year With keeping our same model of only growing through organics So every agent on our team has been a referral from somebody else, you know So that's why we're able to keep our culture and then we had a goal this year of 150 transactions And I think we ended up at like hundred and thirty eight Which is good, but next year we're pushing for like 200 (laughs) transactions plus and a little bit higher ARV on uh, what we're selling. So next year we should break about 50 million in sales with 25 agents, so that's that's our big business goal for next year. Nice. Excellent. Any, uh, any last thoughts? I think Jack told me we're getting a little short on time. Yes? Yes, you have a thought, or yes, we're short on time? Yes, we're short on time.
1: <laughs> okay. One of my business goals, I'd like to lend out $100 million. Cool. Yeah, it's just something to go, I don't know why, I just set that. And i and I never forget, actually, I, I remember that, having that thought, and I actually had it with Nathan, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know we were talking about, maybe yeah. goal setting. I said, sure. you know, I'd I like that. Just yeah, it yeah, yeah. And he was like, why'd you say it like that? And I always appreciate you, you mm-hmm. remember that? Yeah. And I said it kind of like, yeah, yeah, you know. It's, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like, I'm going you know, but he's like, and he goes, don't say it like that.
0: So, well, okay, so here's the thing. You don't have a shortage of people that want to borrow money. Correct? Yeah. All right. And there's no shortage or in the foreseeable future of transaction turn. What is your average turn time on your money? 90 say, days? 120 days? Say four months. Typically. Okay. 120 days? Yeah. So then you need, when you average all out, you need like 25 million of available run-through back and forth money to be able to turn it enough times to do 100 million in a year? I'm
1: talking about 100 million at
0: once. Oh, shit. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> He wants to stay, <laughs> stay tuned. Yeah, he wants to manage hundred million. Yeah, 100 okay. Million, yeah, yeah. So we're
2: at
0: about twenty million right now. That's good. Yeah. I mean, well, but you're, you're going to see that snowball effect that you already know is coming. It's coming. Now. You know, but getting the first million is harder than getting the tenth million. Yep. Right. Sure. You know, getting the first deal is harder than getting the fifth deal. Right. You know, but then also in any business I've ever experienced, you also have those plateaus. You know where they're just business plateaus, and that's typically our mindset, not the business, sure. because our mindset has gotten us to a certain point, and so it's not a plateau; it's it's a cliff, and you're either going to climb or you're going to fall off because there's no sitting still.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that the idea of monogamous relation—that's a good good thought there, because you can't. My wife appreciates the whole monogamous. <laughs> <thing. laughs>
0: Women oh, tend I to I like th- that.
1: I think that though, just that general thought—it's a really good thought because you can't do that. You can't do well in real estate, really in any business, without, one, acquiring customers and then retaining them. Sure. So retaining is, you could say, is more valuable than acquiring them. Because if I can just retain the people I'm acquiring, it will grow. But then well, you mix in, you're throwing gas on the pedal when you're starting to actively acquire customers.
0: Well, I'll say this, and then I know Jack's going to kill us we don't shut off. Okay. But uh, if I love watching Shark Tank and you know, Profit and all that stuff, but one of the very first things when they're talking about, the guy goes, I've got this, 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 and this, and one of the very first thing, and it's always Kevin O'Leary that asks this. He's like, what's your cost of customer acquisition? And what is your burn rate on customer acquisition? So how much does it cost you to get them? What percentage are you keeping? And the ones that you're keeping, how long do you keep them? Because that is like the triangle of the model, Right. So okay. customer
1: acquisition cost.
0: Customer acquisition cost. What is your burn rate of customers? What's your repeat? And then what is your lifetime expectancy yeah. of a customer? And that's really where the meat and potatoes comes together of whether or not a business is viable. Because if you're if you're selling something for if you're buying something for three dollars and you're selling it for twelve dollars and your customer acquisition cost is six dollars. Right. You only had a nine dollar profit. But if you're, if they're a one and done client, you don't have enough left to go back and reinvest to acquire the next customer. So you've got to buy it for three, you gotta sell it for twenty, and you have to repeat that client three times. You know, whether yeah. it's a subscription model, which is basically what you've got. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Team James Lending, you know, and but you and that'd be something you could think about, you know, is what can you do to keep those people longer, you know, whether it's for us on retail, buying a closing gift, following up every three months, knowing their birthday, you know, in mm. calling back when they tell you on January, yeah, my son's getting ready to start baseball. And you pr- make a point to call him back in March and go, Hey, how's the baseball season going? You know, but and it's really about those three, but we, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother podcast. To talk about that.
2: Also being unique. I know we got to wrap up. No, but, you're good. But just, uh, you know, my, my grandpa died and I got this one, handwritten letter from a, a guy in my my neighborhood. He's in real estate too. And I just really appreciate it. I, I hadn't gotten a handwritten letter like that in a year. I still have it. And I just, just being unique with what you're doing. Sure. To stand out.
0: What's your value add? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, everybody, um, we are signing off here and we will be relaunching in January with our, we talked about this Jack. With our rebranded podcast, uh, be the same platform. It'll be under the new name of Expedition U. Uh, So again, same basic ideas, but we wanted to open up the audience to a wider base. And you know, as our podcast, I think uh, Nathan, you've been here a couple times now. Mm -hmm. Uh, James, I think we've all seen the evolution of of what our voice is really becoming, and it's really. It's going to center a lot around real estate and investing and such. But really, we wanted to open it up to the bigger idea of what we're all really interested in, which is investing in ourselves, investing in others. And, you know, we really love the name of Expedition U because, you know, when I think of the word expedition, you know, you can take a trip, you know, you can run a race, but an expedition is a long, eventful, sometimes arduous, always rewarding journey. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's really about taking that expedition, whether it's that five year plan, that's an expedition, that five year plan. Right. That's a good point. You know, and every year you've got four years left on your plan, but you got to plan another year, you know. And so when you're on an expedition, you know, if you're climbing Mount Everest, you've got those stopping points, you know, where this is where you take a turn, take a left turn at that dead body. You know, that's literally what they do on Everest, by the way. But uh, anyway, so look, look out for that. It'll still be here on Spotify. And uh, let us know if you have comments. Quick thought. Go for it.
1: Last quick thought on that expedition. Mm-hmm. I was listening to Warren Buffett. They were asking him, hey, you're the guru of investment. You're sure. The greatest investor who's ever lived. What do we do about inflation? Inflation is starting to you're getting crazy here. Mm-hmm. What would your, your advice be to somebody? He says, the, advice, the greatest advice I could give to you, is to grow yourself because that's the only way to beat inflation. It's the only way to really make a difference is focusing on your development, growing in your abilities, your skill set, your knowledge, sewing back. Don't try to find an investment to beat inflation.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: You're the investment. Sure. And I think that's exactly what we're, we're gearing toward here. I'll just comment on that. That's probably been the case for, you know, that's the case forever but now it's it's almost like okay now you have to you have to work on yourself because if you're just making a yearly salary it's not going to cut it
0: no it's not you know you know i mean we're very fortunate in this business that when money becomes scarce you learn more ways to make more money Mm -hmm. you know whereas an hourly job won't do that awesome well everybody have a great day and have a fantastic new year and we'll see you on the other side thank you thank you